This week's major spoilers podcast, and I think this is one of those milestone editions, goes out to the following. Joseph Smith. Okay. I'm going to start with Joseph Smith, Christian Fisher, Ingrid Linjohn. Ooh, that's a good one. Alistair Shields, Aaron Matner, David Marble, Sim Lee Chuan, Ethan Martinez, Sean Engard, and Ryan. Ooh, Roger, Roger, Roger. I'm going to go Ryan Roger. In any case... I, I couldn't mispronounce Joseph Smith. I tried. I really did. I apologize. But in any case, this one goes out to you and all of the rest of the Faithful Spoilers. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. And you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, seven years gone since 20-06, and look at all that's come and gone, faithful spoilerites. Skull Brian is gone, baby gone. Rob is now Senator and Mrs. John Blutarski, Washington, D.C. Steven's ready to buy you a green dress, but not a real green dress. That's cruel. Zach is a man of constant sorrow. No pleasure here on Earth he found. Rodrigo knows you've got a heart full up like a landfill, a job that slowly kills you. Bruises that won't heal, no surprises there. As for me, I say don't be shy, for I'm not going to try to hurt you or heal you or steal your star. Seven years have come and gone, but the Major Spoilers podcast, once again, is on the air. Welcome to issue 527 of the Major Spoilers podcast. Free show, free podcast, free entertainment for you, streaming right into your ear holes. Free beat poetry. Each and every week, Rodrigo. <laughs> wow. We talk. That explains why listen. my ear holes are so full. I know. Well, <laughs> also a Q-tip. Also yeah, a right, 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 right. It builds up. All right, everybody. It is our seventh uh, anniversary for Major Spoilers like as of today, July 3rd, 2013. Whoa. <laughs> so we'll, uh, later Party. in the show, we will do some listener mail. We haven't done that in a long, long time on this show. So we will get to that. But first, let us get to some news. Boom Studios buys Arkea. Comixology announces subscriptions and bundles, and Ninjago moves from the little screen to the big screen. <laughs> let's uh, let's spin that "I told you so" wheel and see where we land. Right there. Oh, surprise! Comixology announces subscriptions and bundles. What have I been saying for years, Rodrigo? Hey, get off my lawn! Well, besides oh. that, <laughs> I'm keeping this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, let's see. Digital comics are the future. Day and date release of movies. Um, uh, I read the original issue. Rats, mm -hmm. rats will evolve into <laughs> into a into a single sentient entity. <laughs> and the other thing yep. is that uh, they need to in, uh, introduce subscription services. Oh, now, yeah. Comicsology announced this week that subscription and bundle services. Through their uh, digital comics web store. Oh, wait, I got one more. You should have never canceled Legends yes, of the Dark Knight. <laughs> which I never really said, but anyway. Um, you did! I was. After there. you started it, sure. Um, subscriptions, though, are a little bit different. And the, I think there's a reason for this. Subscriptions allow you to buy a subscription to any current ongoing title. So, whatever mm -hmm. the ongoing title is, you can start a subscription to that. I did three of them this week. Um, you'll be automatically billed. For every issue, mm -hmm. and it will continue to bill you until you cancel the subscription. So there's not, I want to buy a year's worth, or I want to buy 12 issues, or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. Justification for that, part of that is um, some comics ship multiple times per month, or if they decide to shoot, uh, ship four Batman titles in a single month, that would eat up your right. regular subscription. That'd be crazy. 
The other thing that's a little bit different about this is you can't get this through your app store. You can't get this through right. your, your um, Android or iPod or iPad uh, Comixology app. You have to go and set up the subscription over at the Comixology website. Once that's done, you'll get a notice that says, hey, your comics are ready for download. Then you can go into your app and download it that way. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the subscription idea because, again, if I forget about the Monkey Brain comics that are coming out, right. I can just subscribe to it and I'll get a little blip that says, go ahead and download it, go into my downloads, and I can download. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How far in advance are they going to be available? Oh, it's same as same as regular. So like three months ago when we heard about the owl, I could theoretically, had this been now, only not then, I could have gone to the comiXology and get, hey, can I put a hold on the owl? No, you could get a subscription for the owl. Right. Right. Yeah, but that's yeah. what he's saying is, yeah. Yeah. when I something... Say, I would like to subscribe to the owl, please. Right. Yes. When, when you can still new, do that now. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, Amazacular Avengers yes. title number one comes out. Yes. How far? How far ahead will you be able to subscribe? Uh, I to don't it? know about that because I think they have no. Because they only put the new stuff in there. There's nothing that says you know three yes. months from now is this. Uh, is this it's, not like, it's not like so. You have to. Like, yeah. You you right, have right. to. So it's like currently being right, published on right, the stands. Right, right. So wait, say I want to go in and I say I want to pick up Uncanny Avengers with issue whatever. What at the next issue ten? Mm-hmm. Do I have the option to start my subscription? Yes, and just say, go in right now because if it's nine, if it's no, not with one I have through to nine. Go buy those. Okay. You have to go get those, and that's where the bundle option comes in. This is another thing that Comicsology announced: bundles for where you can buy complete sets of certain runs. And right now they have Marvel Uncanny X Force, the complete series, Marvel X Men Schism. Schism, schism. Marvel Infinity, the Marvel Infinity Gauntlet Trilogy, Marvel Masterworks, Marvel Wolverine Origins, the complete series, Marvel Now Starter Bundle, Monkey Brain Firsts Valiant Starter Bundle, Archaea Digital First, Boom Studios Adventure Time Bundle, Dynamite Entertainment Project Superpowers Bundle, Fantagraphics Love and Rockets, what is that? Locust Bundle, IDW's Richard Stark's Parker Omnibus. IDW Joe Hill Sampler, Image Comics Collections Starter Bundle, Image Chew Bundle, and the Zenoscope Starter Bundle. So you can buy those for, you know, certain sets. So, Hmm. you know, that's what they have right now. I'm sure they're going to start bundling those um, a little bit later on. Do keep in mind that bundles, though, may include books that you have may have already purchased. Right. So would you be paying again for those? No, because you're paying for the bundle at a one set price. So you pay the price, and if you already have the issue, it just means you have. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, it's like it's the, not like uh, a complete my album function on iTunes. It's no, not, it's, it's not going to deduct what you already paid. Nope. But the other thing is well. the bundles are, according to Comixology, severely discounted. Hmm. Now, Spear people... Severe is an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a significant discount for going with one of those bundles. <laughs> Terminally discounted. <laughs> Terminally <laughs> discounted. <laughs> now, fatal, the one thing... The curse of fatal the one, The other thing that people are really upset about is like, and me too, and I can understand this, this is a 1.0 release, is... Well, how come I just can't hit a subscribe button inside my Comixology app? Because that would be the easiest way to do it instead of this whole rigmarole of going to the Comixology website, looking up the current Flash title run, hitting subscribe, adding that to your cart, checking out, and then waiting until the next issue of Flash to arrive to see if it actually works. What would be better is if you could do it through the App Store. Right. Problem is, and I can understand this, if you go through the App Store, you're losing 30% of your money right off the top yeah bella ox mix takes his cut off the top before he hands over the money yeah because apple has to get their cut 
or and I'm sure Android has some deal uh, along the same way. So right. yeah, Android actually has Vic Tayback come around to your house. Hey, I need twenty percent. What do you think yeah. of subscriptions and bundles, Rodrigo? I think it's a good idea. And honestly, if you look at something like you know Netflix, where you can't really manage your queue through mm-hmm. applications, mm-hmm. you have to actually go to the website and change things up there a lot of the time. Other than just adding stuff that pops up. Mm-hmm. There's some precedent for companies keeping their apps and their website separate and you having to manage things through the website, so that's not crazy. I think the subscription and bundle idea is a good idea because uh, for someone like me, I might walk in and be like, hey, I keep hearing about this comic, you know, Saga, for example, but I haven't read any of it. So I'd like to find out what that's about. I will take one, all of it, please. Right, right, right. And if I like it, then I can be like, I would like to not have to remember when this comes out. I'll take one subscription as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew, what about you? Well, I, I think it's a dangerous precedent, but it's an interesting precedent. And I think why that, dangerous? Well, because I'm an employee of a brick and mortar comic store, it and our our has, has it Im- function has it impacted you at all? Well, has, I mean, it's, hard, it's really hard to say. You? It's really hard to say. I would say almost certainly, but how are you going to measure that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't think that there's any real measurable or scientific way to say we've lost X percent or gained, I don't know. But I think that, you know, in terms of the majority of the people in the United States, and I'm, I'm presuming, you know, other people who can hear us in Finland and Canada and, and Greece – probably don't have immediate access to a comic store. There's like, what, 2,400 comic stores left in the entirety of the, you know, the United States. So I can see where this is a really, really good idea. This is a really good deal if you want to read your digital comics. You want to make sure you don't miss that next issue of Uncanny Maze Vengers or whatever the heck God thing. But I think that as someone who, you know, makes a little bit of money in terms of the comic store having the pull list and selling the the physical comics, I think that... I, I really wonder what my boss would have to say about this. I don't know that he would have a whole lot of positive things Well, I mean, the digital comics have been going day-and-date release for forever, yeah, and I don't see brick-and-mortar saying, oh, we're going out of business. Well, I mean, right. interestingly, I mean, what Matthew, what Matthew is saying is this is a problem because it is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this, right. is, this, this is, is a very good idea right, to right. draw people to that digital comic. To that digital comic history. Well, I don't know if people are already. I can't imagine it's going to draw a new crowd right. of digital comics readers. Well, it, well, that, I, that's, I don't think that's it's going to. of comics as a whole. I don't think it's going to draw any current physical copy people over to digital and say, yeah, "Oh, I'm sure. giving up. I'm giving up physical right, copies sure. altogether now because I could just get a subscription." No, it's not going to be right. that. What it's doing is, and this is why I think it's really smart, is. For the occasional reader who's like, oh, man, I can't remember when the next The Shadow is coming right, out. Right, right. Let then, me hit subscribe. Or, or to someone – yeah, so that's that's good for the subscription. And then to someone, much like me, they're like, oh, wasn't I reading Animal Man? Yeah. yeah. I should go back. Oh, there's like seven issues. That's going to be – I'm going to have to pay like 30 bucks to catch <laughs> up on Animal Man. I don't want to do that. So here's another kind of wise choice on this too. This also kind of follows the gym membership philosophy. Right, right. I buy the subscription and I forget to cancel it. Yep. Right. And You're so three ninety nine a month or however many subscriptions that you set up for each of your titles is going to be es- deducted. Especially since you have to manage it from the website because yeah, I yeah. never get on Comixology's website. Yeah. The only time I have in since I've been using Comixology was to download Sex Number One because I mm-hmm. couldn't get it through the app. Yeah. 
Do they have <laughs> they have they talked? Couldn't get sex online. Yeah. Um, he had to go to a special website. It's, it's parental control. Yeah, I had to, get, I had to like <laughs> figure out what my birth date actually was to make it the above eighteen. Yeah, backdated six years. <laughs> Add up. Yeah. So he was born in nineteen ninety-eight. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> going to the website, canceling subscription. Uh, going that... to the website, canceling. Yeah, I was saying that that I don't ever go to the website. So if I set up a subscription. And I don't want to read it anymore. Oh, to me getting to the website to do it, Ursula. I, I do remember. Um, have they talked about what happens when a series is canceled? Then I would assume that your subscription ends because they have nothing else to charge you because there's no new, not that's, there's no that's new a, releases. That's an interesting assumption because yeah. you know what you know what Marvel, for example. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what they see. Right? They yeah. just slide you over. Well, this. So one, I wonder if Comicsology is going to be like. Whoa. Well, the thing is, I subscribe to uh, one of the ones I subscribed to was the Flash. Right. right. So if the Flash ends. They're only charging you on the next release. They're not like saying, hey, we're charging you 50 issues ahead. Right. We're just charging you for the as when a new issue releases. So if a new issue doesn't release, they can't charge you. If they release six of them in a month, well, you're going to get charged six times in that month I for see, that I fee. See. So it wouldn't make sense that if a, if a series ends, I wouldn't worry about your subscription still racking you up right, three ninety nine right. a month oh, because oh. there's nothing out there for them to charge you for. Plus, I would get them into a lot of trouble. Anyway, I am excited about it. I uh, like I said, I signed up for three of them. I'm waiting because I don't think the three titles that I signed up for come out for another <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> I think uh, uh, something else about this that's interesting is that Comicsology at this point could very easily rest on their laurels. I mean, they uh, I don't know. Uh, Dark Horse said, "Hey, you know, you know, they're doing their own thing, mm-hmm. even though their app sucks." Right. But they did yeah, jump does. over and start start selling everything through the uh, the iBookstore mm-hmm. now. Um, people are jumping over to Kindle apps, yeah. uh, different, various Kindle apps. Um, <laughs> Can't go to the Nook, though. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, so I don't think they can just sit back and do nothing. I well, think they need to figure out ways to improve. And, and, and that's what they're doing is, mm-hmm. you know, right now they are the leader as far as comics uh, delivery goes. Right. But yeah. they're still in there trying to figure out how to make things more convenient. Yeah. Right. The best, the next best thing to make it more convenient is uh, sharing your comics mm-hmm. and um, getting the to, subscription to, through the to, App Store. Do we need to ring the prophecy gong here? Go ahead. Ding. <laughs> Zach's and prophecy now triangle. Walking <laughs> down from the mountain. All right, everybody, Wait. head over to majorspoilers.com. You can check out all sorts of uh, cool things going on, including the uh, Image Expo stuff that's going on right now or today. Uh, you can read all about uh, Robert Kirkman's uh, 10th anniversary plans Kirk for The Walking <laughs> Dead, as well as many, 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 many more things. So many things went up today. I can't believe it. <laughs> we'll have a bunch of stuff up on uh, the 4th of July as well. So if you're at home and you're bored and you're waiting for the fireworks to go off in your area, if you can yeah, shoot fireworks you can, off yeah. in your area, we'll have some stories up then as well. So go check out the website, Majorspoilers.com. And this is our seventh anniversary, and good things happen in July. And I, I really think I was one step away from getting the members-only site completely launched this mm-hmm. week, except there was an issue with the uh, PayPal. I'm trying, I'm right. getting that switched over so we can se- accept regular credit cards as well as, as uh, just PayPal, as well as space credit cards, space credit cards. <laughs> you know, uh, Google is Google is investing in space money. They're coming up with a way to monetize things in space because it's too heavy to carry coins into space, Mm -hmm. and it's not in the same way with paper, too. Don't they have those Bitcoin things that are weird that I don't understand? 
you know, um, if you if you are aware of the PBS Idea Channel on YouTube, I am not. Um, PBS Idea Channel is a great series of videos where um, it's basically a group of people, but mostly they're one host whose name I've totally forgotten. Um, he's got a great beard, though. Ooh. Peter Graves. Uh, I don't think that's it. I like a good beard. Jack Albertson. Um, and Hang- basically, Hangover he goes through that. and challenges a lot of notions of what's going on right now. One of them is, you know, are rare hats more valuable than money? You know, talking about, I think, Team mm. Fortress. And mm-hmm. he does talk about Bitcoins. And he mm, talks yeah. about digital currency and right. stuff like the Diablo market, mm-hmm. marketplace and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, PBS Idea channel on YouTube. They, Check PBS it out. PBS actually has some pretty good YouTube channels. Yeah. I was checking them out the other day. There's oh, some yeah. really good ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know how PBS runs? Through donations from members like you. That's right. And you know how major spoilers run? No. Same way. What? Through the kindness of strangers. People who donate <laughs> two, five, ten. We had a guy just the other day said, hey, here's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not going to do a subscription, but here's 50 bucks right now. And we thank everybody who, who does this. Some of the names that we read up at the top of the show. All this helps keep major spoilers going from our server costs to our um, equipment costs. And we're going to have to get some new equipment, I think, in a couple of weeks because of some things with Critical Hit. Uh, we've got ongoing travel costs. We've got to send some people to shows so we can get out there and get the voice heard. And so all this stuff that you guys are doing really, really, really helps us out. And we appreciate everyone who is getting on board. And like I said, that members-only uh, site is going to launch soon. I'm going to be talking to somebody over the next couple of days about a contribution that she may be able to make to all of this, and uh, we'll see. So I'm going to bet within the next two weeks, Rodrigo, the member's site will launch. Boom. Yes. Speaking of boom, they bought they bought uh, Arkea. Good for them, yeah. I guess. Did they say I, how, I much that, how much that cost? Did they say how much it no, cost? No, they didn't. They didn't, they didn't divulge they didn't. that. $11. But I bet, <laughs> probably. I mean, uh, Arkea was in debt. Were they? Yeah. Um... So that helped get them out of debt. Well, that's good. And then, um, of course, it makes them a, a bigger publisher. Right. Right. And allows gives them, them... Gives them a bunch of properties. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yep. So I'm excited about that. All right. Let us get to some reviews. Review. Uh, out this week... When would Daredevil? Out last week. Last week. Uh, from Marvel last Comics. Week, Daredevil yes. number 27. Yes. Daredevil number 27. The conclusion... Of a series that is really, I mean, a storyline that's been going on pretty much since Wade took over Daredevil like two years ago, kind of has its conclusion right now. If you've oh, been yeah? following with Daredevil, is this like the last Wade issue or something? Or no, okay, it's not. Uh, so if you've been following along, uh, Matt Murdock has been uh, really been targeted by a bunch of different. Uh, villains, entities, and his whole life has kind of been dropping down around and people have been uh, speculating that he's losing his mind from oh, yeah. finding his dad's remains in his desk. Yeah, Foggy and, was all upset about yes, that. Yes, yes. And and for the last oh, two, three issues including this one, we have come to the realization that Matt Murdock is not insane at all but has been targeted mm. by a man mm. who we finally figure out who it is Last issue. And who is that man but Bullseye? Still no. Oh. Foggy actually joked about that. But no, it was Bullseye. Oh. Uh, apparently, uh, lost beyond me through different Marvel series, Bullseye was uh, kind of wrecked by Daredevil in the past. 
and they thought he a did. A few times, yeah. Yeah, and they stabbed him or something with mm-hmm. a big pole. Died, uh, got brought back to life uh, through the hand's mystical works, but he couldn't be fully regenerated because too much damage was happened to his spinal column. Oh, no. And he is now like in this iron like cast and all he can do is see, and he's just been thinking and plotting how to get back to Matt Murdock, and it's ha- finally happening. He's been doing tests on subjects with this toxic toxic ooze to try to replicate uh, Murdock's powers that he has now, and he finally succeeded with one person who has all of Murdock's powers, but he can actually see. Space Ghost? No, some new character. I can't pronounce its name. It's in Japanese, and I'm not going to try to do it out of respect oh. to the Japanese. How's it spelled? Oh, <laughs> it's all in kanji. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's in kanji. <laughs> I it's something I K A R I. Ikari. Cool. That's what I was saying when I was reading it, it mean, to myself. I think it means anchor. Um, not according to this. It means <laughs> something. It means like some, rage or vengeance or it's, it's not not it, one of those two. It's something menacing. Anyways, it, it means vengeance and rice. <laughs> Japanese <laughs> Japanese is a complicated language. That Interesting. Way. Uh, anyways, so Bullseye is ready to take out Murdoch. Finally, he's going to threaten him by uh, either making him essentially sacrifice himself or having everyone he loves die, which. Uh, who he sent, so Bullseye, big schemer, sends all these agents out. You see uh, they're about ready to take out everyone, including Foggy and all of his love, many love interests at the moment, and uh, which Foggy could still die because he still has cancer and it's it's not looking good for Foggy. Uh, so that always builds emotional tension for these last three issues. But Matt Murdock planned before that and had Spider-Man and Black Widow and on uh, Ant-Man and um, some guy, Iron no Immortal Fist guy with the bird on his. That's Iron Fist. Iron Fist, right? Yeah. 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 Iron Fist. Yeah. Immortal Iron Fist. Yeah. yeah. He's there too. He's watching everyone. Murdoch outthinks Bullseye. Fight! 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 Ooze. <laughs> Murdoch uh, beats Bullseye. He almost <laughs> lets him drown, but he does make the ooze uh, blind him. And Foggy actually, they're kind of debriefing after this whole battle scene, and Foggy asks him uh, if he actually tried to save Bullseye from going blind. And there's two panels of silence, and Matt Murdock simply says, I did what was right. And so, pretty much, Matt Murdock made him go blind. Really good issue. Uh, Great, great uh, ending to this long arc that has been happening throughout daredevil i actually realized when i saw this that i had bought like the last four issues but hadn't actually read them yet and so i read all of them in one chunk and it's just what mark wade is doing on this book is wonderful especially the story with murdoch's and foggy's relationship as he goes through uh his ordeal with cancer and how their personal lives are reflected on uh, matt murdoch and his persona of daredevil just wonderful character moments throughout this issue and previous issues leading up to it. Um, who are we looking at? Uh, I forgot who does art on this. Chris Samney. Yeah, Chris Samney, Samney is doing is the art wonderful. on the, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, I, I, I enjoy it greatly. Um, 
any it's it's solid Samney art. So if you've seen Samney's art, it's it's that. He's actually off the next couple issues, which is sad. But well, he is cool. he they are bringing in <laughs> reading the letters column. Isn't it isn't it Jock? Is he coming in? Javier Javier oh, Rodriguez, okay. who is the colorist currently. Oh, he's cool. I like him. I don't think I've ever seen his art, but part of me doesn't care because I know uh, Mark <laughs> Wade will be writing the next issues of Daredevil, and that's good enough for me. Uh, this is a four and a half slice of meatloaf wow. issue. Cool. Very good. Um, wish I just had that digital subscription so I could have kept up with it since about mm-hmm. issue 11. Yeah, this will be the first one. Well, now you I can buy it in a bundle. Oh. Now I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, can you either anchor or anger, depending on which kanji you use. Hmm. So it may mean anger or... I'll go back in my issues and say what they says, but you continue on the show. This might take a while. Okay, we will do that. <laughs> don't pause. Don't oh, pause. Thank, don't thank pause you. on me. Thank you for uh, for uh, producing and all right, it's, all that good yeah. stuff. Lips are moving. Uh, Breath of Bones, Rodrigo, a tale of the golem. Yes, Breath of Bones is a tale of the golem. Actually, it's really not. What? It's a it's a tale about a kid growing up in some little European town as the Nazi war machine is essentially making its way across Europe. Um, in this issue, we finally see the golem at the very end. Mm. So this, the last two issues have been, and this is only a three issue arc, I think. Mm. Um, so in the first issue, we learn about this kid and his town and his grandpa, and then a British fighter pilot crashes into their town. Um, in this issue, the Nazis show up and they look for him and they find him. Um, and the pilot like shoots them, but now they know that he's there and now they're all coming. So the town gets together to run away and the grandpa's like, wait, first let's make a giant pile of mud and then let's raise the golem. Um, and that's basically where the story ends this time. Interesting. Um, the art is still in black and white, still really good. I mean, very expressive. It's, you know, it's stylized, but it's not super crazy. Um, all kind of gray tones, and um, I mean it looks really good, and it really matches the the tone of the story. Um, you know the I when I first saw this, I joked about the fact that um this series in general, I joked about the fact that it's like, well, is this is this going to be a, a story about the Nazis running away from the go? Like, yeah, who's yeah. the protagonist of the story going to be? And um, it, it really seems like the 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 the, the golem is going to be like a plot device more than you know, basically the 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 main focus of it. The main focus is this kid, okay, who kind of helps to raise it uh, with with his willpower. Um. It's it's been a it's been a satisfying ride so far. Uh, there's certainly nothing wrong with it. I'll give it. Um, I'll give this issue three and a half slices of meatloaf. Excellent. Nice. And that's out this week or next week. It's out this week. I out believe. this week from uh, Dark Horse Comics. Also out this week from Dynamite Entertainment. The Shadow Number Fifteen. This is Chris Roberson. Uh, art by um, uh, Giovanni Timpano. This is really kind of the middle of an of an arc. I think. Um, called the light or there's a nemesis somebody going around killing some uh killing a bunch of people 
uh, only known as the light and the shadow is trying to find out who it is. We as an audience know who it is because in the very first pages of this issue, we get a flashback to the light as a little girl and how uh, being raised by the nuns at the uh, at the church basically made her look down on people of of anything that people are doing as a sin. She is going to go and punish them so that they don't suffer eternal damnation. And so as we flash forward to modern times and the shadow is trying to figure out how all these uh, murders are, are interconnected with one another, we know that the light is a grown up female. She's a nurse working at a hospital. And um, through his investigations, the shadow puts Margot in jeopardy. Um, a lot of people know, or maybe people don't know that the shadow had a direct influence on the creation of Batman. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there is a scene where the shadow goes into the police chief or some police person's office and the two of them have a conversation and it runs very much like a Batman Gordon conversation where the shadow slips in the police officer, like, how'd you get in here? And then I need answers. And, um, the police guy gives him some answers. He turns back around and then the shadow is gone and he's just like, ah, guy's gone. Damn it. So, uh, I thought because this was going to, you know, this is an issue that I haven't, or a series I haven't read in a while. I thought jumping into issue 15 was going to be really difficult. I'm guessing this is the second part of a three part arc. Um, I didn't have any problem following along with anything. If you know that the shadow has operatives, you know, the shadow has the, the power to cloud men's minds and influence them and hypnotize them. You've got everything that you need into this into this issue. I do want to go back and read issue fourteen just so I can see what's going on. Um, but uh, overall, it was it was very satisfying. The art gets a little wonky in places. I like a very distinct difference between a Lamont Cranston and the Shadow, mm -hmm. and a lot of times that's depicted by the Shadow having a very uh, a much right, more pronounced right. nose. Uh, the uh, police officer even says, "Hey, I thought I recognized your beak in here," you know, and so kind of reiterating right. the. The idea of poking his nose in, in a very prominent nose. That's not the case here. It, it pretty much remains consistent from it just, Cranston. It's just into, Cranston wearing a cool hat and scarf. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a little disappointed in that. And there's a place where um, Margot's face gets a little little weird towards the end of the issue. Um, but she does walk around in a towel for the last three pages of the issue. So some people will be into that. Um, but otherwise, the art isn't terrible. The story, I thought, was Why really solid. Why do you look solid. at me when you say that? Oh, uh -huh. I, I did not look at you when I said that. Um but uh, story and art, really solid, really enjoyable. I love uh, Chris Roberson's uh, run on this. Can't wait to talk to him again. For those of you that listen to the uh, Major Spoilers conversations from a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about having a, another conversation shortly after the San Diego Comic-Con in a couple of weeks. And I think that'll be fun because we'll get to talk about pulp characters and Doc Savage and The Shadow and a lot more things that, uh, that are out there. So we'll just have a conversation about pulp. But for The Shadow, number 15, I liked it. I'm giving it four out of five slices of the meatloaf. Finally, wrapping us up this week is Matthew with the owl. Number one, also from dynamite entertainment. Future of comics. Yes. Uh, dynamite entertainment out. I believe next week, the 10th. No, it comes out this week. Not according to my thing. July 3rd. It's all on the uh, solicitations. Oh, I thought it said the 10th. Wow. Never mind. What day is it? Today it's is the third. Okay. It comes out right now. Go, go, run! The Owl from Dynamite Entertainment. Number one of four. It is a limited series. It spins out of the Project Superpowers from a couple of years ago where many of the Golden Age characters 
that people remember were revamped and relaunched and brought back together under the auspices of, hey, I'm Alex Ross, buy my comics. Which is fine, don't get me wrong. I didn't necessarily care for all of Project Superpowers because it kind of ended up being you know, a, a shotgun full of buck salt uh, of, of comics to where you walk into the comic store and you pick up Project, you know, and it's like being shot by Jed Clampett. There's like 50 guys in the issue and you have to figure out who all of them are. Luckily for me, I already know who the owl is. The owl is, for all intents and purposes, Batman. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say uh, the owl was also featured in the uh, series that just wrapped up Masks. Was he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know the owl was in that. Wow, I stopped reading Mask with Issue 5. I got a bunch of it in my place. Public domain heroes. Heroes, unite! The Owl is actually an interesting case because he is an actual Golden Age superhero. And he was actually created under the auspices of Dell Comics, who A, weren't known for superheroes, and B, didn't do original characters. Dell was almost entirely licensed stuff. They did all the Disneys. Dell had the... Uh, a working relationship with Western publishing and what eventually became the gold key comics yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Whitman comics that we know from our oh, yeah. Steve love the Whitman samplers kind of all rolled out. Yes. The chocolates are good. Yeah. They all kind of rolled out of Dell comics, but in the 1960s, the owl was revived as part of the wacky two fisted Batman craze written by Jerry Siegel. So hmm. I know the owl from these extremely difficult to find and kind of expensive comics that I'm still trying to complete a run of written by Jerry Siegel. And I said, OK, I like me some owl. And it was kind of cool and awesome and 60s campy. Let's see how they can ruin this. So on page two, I open the book and it says written by J.T. Cruel. Yeah. And a chill <laughs> fell over the room mm. because J.T. Cruel to me is the man who brought us. Arsenal's in emotional breakdown in uh, Arsenal, the fall of Arsenal. Yeah, where happened. he kills the cat. Yeah, where he kills the cat and where he uh, beats Cheshire with a an electric uh, cord before he can and it, bygones. So I come into this and I'm thinking, what am I going to get? At the very beginning of the issue, we actually get some really nice Silver Age pastiche stuff talking about the history of the owl. How he worked in the 60s with uh, Owl Girl. <laughs> I love that. And we immediately cut to the modern day. Now, in Project Superpowers, he was, he was brought out of this ancient urn with dozens and dozens of other superheroes. And now he's basically running loose in what is called Yorktown because Gotham was taken. And the very first appearance of the modern age owl is this enormous splash page where he's leaping down onto a bunch of masked criminals. And it's one of the neatest Batman poses and Batman shots I've seen in a while. Yeah, yeah. And then they go on to try and, you know, differentiate him a little bit. Uh, the art is fabulous. Really fabulous, beautiful art. Sometimes, you know, we complain about coloring or or the black level specifically i believe you yeah and, dy and dynamite they really crush the blacks a lot yeah this doesn't necessarily have that issue and there's a moment where the owl apparently turns on a special ultraviolet ray or something gorgeous stuff they basically inverted the whites and the blacks and then the owl leaps into action just beautiful beautiful book and cruel script is actually pretty interesting because 
it accepts that those 60 stories that were written by Siegel happened. And then he was sucked into an urn and left. And then Project Superpowers happened. And now he's basically running around being Batman. Now, it's interesting to me. It's been probably two and a half, three years since we've seen anything really set in that Project Superpowers universe yeah, yeah. that I can think of. This is squarely in that world, but it doesn't necessarily do much more than, you know, name checking and say, this is what happened. And now all of a sudden here I am. Of course, uh, the owl in his regular identity was a police detective in the 1940s. Mm. And so he actually shows up at the Yorktown, uh, the Yorktown police department and says, Hey, I want to be a policey man. Not entirely sure that that's how hiring decisions in major metropolitan police stations were. Is this still taking place in the 40s or is this a modern This is modern day. Okay. The owl is awake and alive in the year 2013. Okay. All right. Or at least a year that approximates 2013. Okay. All right. So, yeah, if it was in the 50s and 60s, sure, I'm sure that's how that happened. Because, you know, like they say in Chicago, vote often, vote early. But then, of course, we get the introduction of a major villain. There's a whole lot of gunplay, a lot of fighty-fighty. And the owl discovers that he's not the only one running around. There's a new owl girl. He doesn't know who she is, but she's all wolverine She's got armor and claws and grr, and she's angry at him for stepping on her gimmick. And at the end of the issue, of course, this is a, a woman wearing the costume of his long-dead fiancé that he's magically in love with. So next issue, we're promised. Who is Owl Girl? Uh, let me guess. Is she reincarnated? And um, we're seeing. You're thinking of Hawk Girl. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Because now we have Owl Man and Owl Girl. The Owl. He's not Owl Man. I know, but I'm yeah. just saying. I'm and hoping we don't. This is not. No. He's not you know what? Man, Hawk Girl. You know what it's going to be? She's going to be his, his daughter his, or something. Her, well, possibly his daughter. Granddaughter. But definitely her daughter. Certainly which is going to be which daughter. is going to be like, oh, is she my daughter? Is she mm-hmm. or granddaughter or whatever? Right. Uh, it's like, oh, is this part of my lineage or not? Or like, did my fiance, who I love very much, remarry and right. forget all and about me? And now Captain I'm America. even angstier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could be. I will say this. It can't be his daughter because of the time that he spent in the urn. And she's right. probably she. Well, judging from her uh, level of body fat. Right, She's right. probably 20, 25 years old. He spent decades inside this urn. But right. I, I agree with you. I suspect that this is probably his fiance's daughter. Although it would be interesting if she's like a vampire or something. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of familiar <laughs> elements in play. A lot of things here that are probably cliche, but it kind of works. It, I mean, it kind of falls together to where this is readable. This is something that it's not necessarily a Batman knockoff because, well, obviously many things are Batman knockoffs. It has elements in here where you say, okay, that's very Batman. This is a very Batman pose. This is a very Batman moment. But it's not necessarily a Batman knockoff so much as it feels like something that's very carefully designed to kind of tread that same territory. Oh, sure. And, I, and I'm kind of okay with that because it looks fabulous. And Reads mostly smooth. Now, three issues from now, when the big mystery is revealed and, you know, the owl has lost an arm and uh, his daughter has died in an explosion and he's beaten up Owl Girl with a dead cat, maybe I won't say that. But I will say that this issue may not have completely redeemed J.T. Cruel's name in my mind, 
but it at least proves that Cruel can deliver a decent above-average comic book. Three slices of meatloaf for the owl number one. Excellent. Um, I'll be back for number two because I, I kind of like the image of the owl. The purple suit with the gold and owl the, the face. Yellow, and the, the yellow things in the eyes and everything. Gorgeous, big gold red cape. And he's like, Arr, I am the owl. Arr, I don't look like an owl, but this is my owl suit. <laughs> of all those uh, Project Superpowers mm-hmm. things, is, is there a character that you like the most? Absolutely. My very favorite. Green Llama? Of all the Project Superpowers. <laughs> I'm the Green Llama. No, actually, my very favorite is a guy called The Flame. Because Cheap Trick wrote an awesome song about it in 1990. Now, The Flame is uh, the guy who has yellow suit, fire guns. It's a really, really simple suit. He's basically the Sandman with a red cowl. But The Flame used to appear in uh, standard Nidor comics in the 40s. Hmm. And uh, The Flame is a guy who I feel like never really gets his due because he's just basically the Sandman. Instead of a gas gun, he has a fire gun. Mm-hmm. But he has a, a girl sidekick called Flame Girl. <laughs> That's kind of partial to Miss Mask or, or not Miss Mask. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Um, she's They call her Masquerade. Masquerade. That's Miss, what it is. Miss Mask in the 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are a lot of guys who were in that book. Uh, Target and the Targeteers were mm-hmm. in that book. And who, was the mask like, and, wasn't it, who was the Captain... Uh, the Superman uh, analog there. Uh, well, there were a couple of them. Guy with the yellow um, and the domino, the yellow costume, domino mask. Yellow costume would have been Fighting Yank. Nope. Uh, would it have been? Well, it wouldn't have been the American Crusader. He had a full head mask and a cowl. Oh, I'll go looking up later. Yellow suit and a domino mask. That's what I think. I think he's like a unitard uh, costume. You're a unitard and a domino mask, and he had a mustache, black hair. A mustache, black hair, and a yellow costume. Yeah, you know what? I'll look it up because I know. Oh, right. Are you sure not? You're not mixing up like the Black Terror guy who had a domino oh, mask and a, and a cool, yeah, yeah. cool maybe skull and crossbones black, yeah, motif. Black Terror has the the thing yeah, yeah. where they they insist on making it glow with Alex Ross. Powers. Yeah, that's probably what it is. You know how I can find out? I should how? just go get the Project Superpowers in a collected volume. By clicking on the Amazon link uh, over at Majorspoilers.com. Uh, that's a good Beautiful. idea. And uh, just doing a search for Project <laughs> Superpowers. Send one for me, too. And sure enough, they have Project <laughs> Superpowers uh, Volume 1 chapter, yeah, uh, Volume one uh, trade paperback. Yep. It's right there. You can order it. $16.40 for the paperback. Guess what? You can order it. You can ship it. It's not going to cost you anything more. But guess what? Just like all those fine, fine people that we love so much who contribute to the cause through the subscription process, when you make a purchase through our link over at Majorspoilers.com, a little bit comes our way and allows us to do more something. great things. A little something a little more. Something. Keeps the lights on. That's that's the big thing right now. Server costs and all that stuff continue to increase year after year after year. So mm-hmm. year after year. And our darn podcasters, vitamin. the the people that host are gonna get ready to jack up the price again. Boo. Oh, Boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerks. So, anyway. Jerky, jerk faces uh jerk. Matthew, according to the writing in issue twenty five of Daredevil Ikari. Yeah. Or however decided we were pronouncing it means fury. So there. You I go. would say yeah, fury, yeah. anger, yeah. ikari. Basically, when it comes to Japanese, the the rule of thumb, and there's there's more complicated stuff, is when you see a vowel, it has a syllable. Even if it's two vowels together, it's two syllables because the diphthongs are 
It's not that they don't exist, but the yeah, the diphthongs like your AI. Do you know what a diphthong is? Uh, it's when you take ladies' underwear. Uh, stop! No, stop! stop. I'm just gonna stop no. you right there. I'm just gonna stop you right there, son. Okay, diphthongs and fricatives in Japanese are pretty much fricatives. persona au gratin. Fricative, the diphthong. Fricative. You know? Do you know what a fricative is? That's where no. you take some guys' underwear. <laughs> I, I never thought, never thought we would get this much uh, mileage out of linguistics. <laughs> In any case, I know yeah, there's too many words the, to go along with linguistics. All right, that's good with white sauce or red sauce. <laughs> you should you, you, you drink the white well, lightning. It tastes real good. <sighs> it's time! It's time for the three hundred and what episode is? Uh, quite up there, 527. For the 427th time, it's time. For the major spoilers. Poll of the week, 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 week. Fricatives. One of the nice things about... Glottal uh, fricatives. Oh, yeah. glottal and don't forget that your glottal stops, too. Yeah. You're a glottal fricative. <laughs> One of the nice things about being on Twitter is people can access us at any time. You can follow me at uh, Major Spoilers. Uh, on Twitter, and people always send questions out. And I got a question this week, both to Matthew and I. Matthew's at mm-hmm. Mighty King Cobra o- over on a Twitter, saying, "Have you guys ever dropped a book because of the artist?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, you know, um, not just because of the artist." And I responded back, and I'll explain more here in just a moment. But then, just yesterday, Rob Liefeld is going off on Twitter about how he just drops books because he can't stand artists and and how artists are are drawing in the books. And so he's like, I'll just drop a book because of an artist. And then I got an email from somebody saying, hey, you know, have you ever just dropped a book because of poor art? And so I think the universe is conspiring to tell us that Mm -hmm. this week's major spoilers poll of the week is all about art and artists. Rodrigo, have you ever dropped a comic book because of a change of an artist? Yes, I have. In fact, my... Up until very recently, uh, basically up until I started doing major spoilers, my main reason to for picking up a comic was whether I liked the art or not. Yeah, which blade? So, um, now I was never into uh, the art <laughs> for which blade. Not, <laughs> but like, for example, I picked up um, Kaboom, yeah, yeah, which is which was a terrible series, but it was um, Jeff Matsuda at his Matsudiest. So it was like crazy and super colorful and really cool, like just really over the top cartoony stuff. And I loved it. Um, Could not tell you what the plot of it was. I think it was a Star Wars riff, really, is is what it came down to. But, you know, likewise, um, I love um, Carlos Pacheco. So it's like I started picking up X-Men when he was on there. And when he stopped, I was into x-men enough to continue reading it right but not for very long um so yeah most of the books that i've picked up regularly i pick up because of the art and if they change the artist then i usually will really seriously consider dropping it and and very frequently people i mean it took me forever to read watchmen because i just kind of wasn't into the art you know i would flip Mm -hmm. through and i was like i don't like and you know i've i've come to realize that a it's the the art matches the tone really well and that is actually really good but it's still not the art that i'm automatically drawn to so yeah art is huge for me if i don't like the art in a book i will not pick it up or i will drop it if they change an artist on me and i don't like it what about you zach well for me i haven't nearly been reading as comics as long as either of you and probably most of our listeners um 
<laughs> and some nine-year-olds. Yeah, that's true. So I've never personally dropped a book because of art. Um, possibly that could be because uh, I haven't read enough series where the artist has changed enough. Uh, and most of the comics I read are a lot of like image stuff, and those tend to mm-hmm. be pretty rock steady on who's oh yeah sure doing, creator yeah, own, yeah who's yeah. doing the art on those. So that doesn't change a whole lot. Um, some books that have changed, I mean, Daredevil's changed artists once, but that was a completely fine switch. I know originally I read some like I was reading the Green Lantern Rebirth series, like one of the first things. I read. Yep. I remember one of the issues went to some uh, crazy digital. I don't know. It was some really weird coloring. It changed the artist for like one issue, and I hated it. But then it was like back after one issue. Mm-hmm. And I know if it would have kept like that, I wouldn't have yeah. read more of. It went from that like Green Lantern series than I did. Even, anyways, well, yeah, I did. The, That's were what there, it was. Like when you read uh, Death and Return of Superman, were there any? I mean, that was like over multiple issues, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So there, were there, were there multiple too. artists oh, yeah, involved each book in that? Had did, that yeah. did that jar you at all as you were going through? Uh, it was a little jarring, but not enough to like not read it. Right, right. And I, so I'm generally pretty flexible on art. I, I really enjoy art, and some artists I enjoy more than others. But if the story's good enough, I'll probably push through an artist change. Okay. Matthew, what about you? See, my my decisions on this are always bad. Uh, and I, I've done this many times, many times, probably, you know, countless changes, because a change of writer or a change of artist can change the tone of the book. And I remember reading in the 80s Alpha Flight under John Byrne. And I'm like, John Byrne's cool. I like John Byrne. And then Byrne left the book, and they brought in this new kid, and he's like some some smack whacker and he's just like uh i don't like you you're not gonna make anything you're never gonna be anything mike mignola (laughs) (laughs) and then of course the same thing happened on batman and the outsiders i'm like jim aparo i like my jim aparo and then jim aparo's oh sorry i'm 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 done you know 12 issues i'm 150 years old i'm going to retire and they're like oh new guy i hate this new guy he's stupid he'll never be anything you're dumb alan davis (laughs) So I have this problem where I don't necessarily always trust my instincts when it says dump a book because of the art. Because when Dick Dillon left Justice League of America and this new guy comes in, this George Perez kid, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like this. So, yeah, I've done it a number of times. I think I I did it just recently. Have you ever, um, though, dumped, know, you know, knowing that there's an artist change coming up? Like, for example, you know, we've got Chris Samney's leaving preemptive um, dump yeah like a preemptive dump like daredevil mm-hmm. 28 is not gonna have samney art it's gonna have yeah, somebody yeah. else in it even though i'm sure that person is fine but would yeah. you just go oh this is somebody that i don't like or you know yes pick an artist i did that and just with say, uh, thunderbolts it. a couple of years ago thunderbolts was kicking and cooking and cooking and they're like okay next issue of thunderbolts tom grummet i'm like okay i'm out <laughs> because tom grummet is a wonderful artist tom grummet does pretty girls tom grummet does great teenagers but Tom Grummet draws adults that, to me, look like teenagers. And when your group you know, is the Beetle and the Speed Demon and Hyperion and these guys who should be you know, big, tough, awful, crusty, villainy guys, and you get Tom Grummet in there and they're going to be all cute guys with thin necks and big round heads, yeah. I'm out. That, that changed the tone of the book enough to where I wasn't interested in reading Thunderbolts under Grummet. 
Now on Avengers Academy, he was no Mike McCone, but I could take it because it was characters and I felt like it fit his style. So it's not necessarily always a question of you suck, Mike Mignola, but it's a question of tonally is the book going to change to it's where it's not what I love anymore. Yeah, I guess for me, I don't think I've ever just said, oh, such and such an artist is coming on board. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. not buying the next issue because of that. Because normally, and I've said this before, I normally don't pay attention to the artist as much right. as I do who the writer is. And really, I don't really even and pay that much attention. whether it has Batman. Well, and I don't <laughs> even really pay that much attention to whether it has, you know, who the writer is on a particular series either. Unless it's Mark Wade's Green Hornet, number right, three, right. you know, that kind unless of thing. Unless all the posters are, Mark Wade is yeah. adjective. Yeah, yeah, Mark <laughs> Wade is agitated, yes. Well, um, but were you around I will, in the 90s when Kelly Jones yes, was, was doing Batman? Yes, uh, yes, and I didn't. I but here's the thing: I don't like Kelly Jones' art, just like I don't like um, what's his name uh, starts with an M. Um, that was doing Batman in the late '80s, early '90s as well. Mo Rocca. <laughs> yes, it was Mo Rocca. Mo Rocca. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right; I couldn't stand the Kelly Jones art. It was just like, ugh. It, he was the one that did the Batman with the super long ears, right? Yeah, Kelly Jones did yeah. long ears, and he did a lot of the the transition into yeah. Azrael bats, yeah, 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 where yeah. everybody was a monstrous monster with yeah. and you know, claws. And I didn't fangs. like I didn't like that art that art, but I like Batman stories, and so I would push through the art, even right. though, and I never dropped the book because of the artist. Well, likewise, I'm perfectly willing to read just the worst, stupidest story if it has art I like. Yeah, and there are times where I will be flipping through the stands and going, "Oh, here's an artist I like." Let me just pick up this book yeah. and, and take it with me because I like the art and maybe the story will engross me as well. Mm-hmm. But to, but I but I don't think I've ever preemptively dropped a book because oh. of an artist change. Oh, I, one that, that always stuck with me is when uh, Brian Hitch stopped drawing Death's Head in about 1988. I'm like, no, I'm out. And I, you know, I'm like that new guy on Death's Head isn't any good. And I don't remember his name. It doesn't have a clever punchline. I just hate the guy who took over death's head after Brian. I oh, think if uh, also Doug Munch, that was the other one that I didn't like either. I Doug think, Munch was a writer, man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like his writing either, but I didn't just drop him because of because uh, it was the Kelly J it was like Munch and Jones no, were the, the same the was the pair. And it's just like I didn't care for either of them. Uh, I get it. I get it. Does that make sense? He wrote Aztec Ace, you know. <sighs> oh yeah he did. Well that's all right. <laughs> I do love me you some did do a, He did retro review of that this week. I did number one beautiful issue. Um let's see comment section people said bad artists can take a perfectly fine story and turn it into an incomprehensible gobbledygook uh, uh stop talking about right life Elm. i was really digging the new carol danvers captain marvel stuff until the art went all aeon flux on me i keep checking comiXology each month to see if it's changed back but no luck preach sister that's that's true um jared says as of right now no but if the art on the teenage mutant ninja turtle stays the same and does not go back to bates art then i will be dropping it See, a lot of people will stick through it for a few issues to see if it sticks on them mm-hmm. before well, and, they decide and, to drop. And in the end, that's, that's, a, that's the thing about comics is it's art and writing. Right. right. So sometimes if sometimes, you know, you sometimes you come for the art and stay for the writing, sometimes the other way around. And if sometimes one of them you get lucky in it's both. Yeah. Some, and sometimes the art or the writer will change, but you're invested in it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So right. you're like, well, I'll give this, in some cases, one or two more issues, in some cases, forever. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, and just complain about it. Yeah. Fool's Mask kind of says that. He says, uh, for me, art is 60 to 75% of why I pick up the book. If they change the artist mid-arc, I will usually finish it to get the rest of the story, but I have to quit cold turkey if the art is really, really bad. Yeah, it's yeah. a comment um, fair. 
And sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's so it's so drastic. I remember there was this. Uh, actually, we we read it uh, when we read uh, X Men Supernovas, mm-hmm. and, and I understand yes. if you guys blocked it out. But it's like half of <laughs> like literally half of an issue yes. is done by uh, Chris Bacalo. And the mm-hmm. other half by anyone else, mm-hmm. like it doesn't yes. matter, and it is like such a drastic change because you know, but but Carlos are like people have like enormous noses and giant fingers and feet and things like that, and it's cool. There's, it's there's I, I really I really like it. And then the other thing is he designed the costumes for all the new characters in that series. So when you see a person with normal proportions wearing those costumes <laughs> or or just normal them. superhero propor- proportions, they look awful. Mm-hmm. There's one issue that's half Bacalo and half Umberto Ramos. Bah. Oh, I know, right? Could, <laughs> that's such could a, you find that's, Yeah, that's really styles? a jarring. If the styles line up with one another, it works. But yeah, when they're so opposite yeah. of one yeah. another. Yeah. Uh, Bacalo Clever, and Ramos are like opposite ends of the spectrum yeah, as yeah. far as wacky. Clever Lang 6 says, I generally do not look at who the artist is. Um, Matthew, how did everybody at the Major Spoilers Nation vote? The Major Spoilers Nation voted 163 times, 74% saying yes, they have dropped a comic book because of a change in art, uh, 26% saying no, I've never read a Rob Liefeld book. <laughs> you know, uh, people pick on him, and I don't, I don't do. think his art is fantastic, but you know what? He still has a huge following of people. So that's, so that they, has to stand for something. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about design and... Yeah. He changed, like him and uh, all the other image guys, kind of changed the direction of comics of of the way that a superhero was supposed to look in the nineties. Right, and we're still yeah. working that out. We're still either trying to move away from that, or, or trying or, to heal the scars mm-hmm. that were left. I, I mean, and that's that's part of it. And some people are like, "No, I I love the giant uh, everything's," and like. <laughs> And 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 the people fact that people should have pouches and shoulder pads. Exactly, exactly. Pouches and shoulder pads. Everybody has at least one colossus arm. Right. And um, you gotta have wristbands, big metal right. wristbands. Lots of lots of grimacing and possibly standing ah. on your tippy toes. Yeah. yeah. Ah. All right, listeners. Uh, if you, you want to head over to majorspoilers.com, you can cast your vote in the major spoilers poll of the week and share your thoughts and ideas on whether you have dropped a comic simply because of change of an art or not, or artist or not. Um, let us take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, be getting some listener mail and talking about seven years of Major spoilers. so stick around. Greetings and salutations, Major Spoilers. Cat Halo, back again. It's been a quiet cinema week, but I've still got a couple of cool things to talk about. Firstly, over the past few weeks, I've been showing my wife Freaks and Geeks. Lord, how I love this show. It's just the right side of the teen experience. Now, my school life was vastly different from an American high school. For starters, I went to an all-boys boarding school. However, the depiction of teens in this show still strikes a chord. Plus, it's damn funny with a fantastic cast of kids who would end up ruling the entertainment world a couple of years later. Movie powerhouses Seth Rogen, James Franco, Jason Siegel, and the creative mind of Judd Apatow. Plus, there's blink-and-you-miss-him appearances by Ben Stiller and an incredibly young Sheila Beef. This is a great show. If you haven't seen it before, check it out. You'll like it. As if by coincidence, This Is The End opened this past weekend. This is a very funny movie, particularly if you like Rogan and his guy. Famous funny folk attempting to survive the biblical apocalypse. What's not to like? There are some ingenious insults, amusingly big set pieces, and a fun vibe throughout of just mates having a laugh and taking the piss out of each other. It's not the greatest movie ever made, but it is definitely fun and funny. 
plus for added enjoyment, just add sandwiches. It really got me looking forward to The World's End, which opens here in a couple of weeks and stateside mid-August. On the flip side of all this good entertainment, I also re-watched the worst movie I have ever seen. Last month marked the 10th anniversary of Tommy Wiseau's modern classic, The Room. This movie cost about six million to make and barely earned two grand at the cinema, and that kind of represents just how bad this movie is. Unless you've seen it, it's really hard to convey, but think of the worst movie you've ever seen. Even that movie, there's something good, be it a performance, or the music, or the set, or somebody's hair. Something. There's a good, admirable quality in every movie. The Room has no such quality. It is dreadful in every way a movie can be. The writing is terrible. The acting drags it down even further. It looks awful. It looks worse than the 1980s soap opera. The writer, director, producer, and star, Tommy Wiseau, is a ghastly-looking creature, and... Where charisma and talent should be, there is instead a cavernous vacuum. I keep in mind, though, I can't recommend this movie enough. It is a triumph of the terrible. Bring friends over, have drinks, sandwiches, food and everything, and get ready to relish the worst 100 minutes in the history of cinema. And that's me for the week. Um, if you want to read my This Is The End review, check out Cat Halo Movies on Facebook. Follow me on the Twitter at CatHaloMovies if you're so inclined. And uh, check out the major spoilers forums because there's always something awesome going on there. All right, lads, take care and have a great week. Thank you so much for those uh, thoughts and reactions from our good friend Cat Halo. And listeners, if you would like to be part of the major spoilers experience, just call our major spoilers hotline number. Matthew, that number is... 785-727-1939. The major spoilers, seven years, but the hotline's only about four and a half years old. Hotline. <laughs> well, that's true. But you know what? It's about five. Exactly. Um, what's, what's really nice is the um, for the last year or so, we've had Tweaked Audio as mm-hmm. a sponsor. And people are writing in all the time saying, hey, I just bought a new pair of uh, headphones from TweakedAudio.com based on your guys' recommendation. Really love them a lot. Mm-hmm. And I saved because I used your checkout code MAJOR. And I think that's really cool. And listeners, if you want to get a cool pair of headphones, I'm taking them with me this week. Mm-hmm. I listen to them all the time. I bunch of different colors, flavors, varieties, whatever you suppose you get. <laughs> flavors. Don't lick them after you've put them in your ear. No. No. Don't lick them before so they stick. Exactly. Unless you're like a, some like weird X-Men that has flavored earwax. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually a super <laughs> I Actually, that, really cool. that's, that, was, that, oh. that was kind of a thing for a while. They would every once in a while talk about people who were just mutants yeah, yeah, with yeah. useless with powers. Useless powers. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If you ever watched like the 90s X-Men, there was one, there was like a green lady and a hairy guy that like were always in trouble because like the sentinels were always coming after them oh, and yeah. they, they had no, they didn't have useful powers. <laughs> They're just yeah. like, save us X-Men! I watched uh, a movie last <laughs> night called... Um, Super Zeros. Mm-hmm. It's an independent film. Um, it's about these rednecks that get superpowers <laughs> and um, because of a meteor crash. It's a nice little film, except I think because of the redneckiness of it, right. they dive too much into uh, gay jokes, you know, calling each other, uh, you know, right. that. And just how, you know, how rednecks That's are. unfortunate. Yeah. yeah uh, but otherwise, it works really well. But one of the guy's power beyond super speed and um, super strength he has the ability to turn water into beer. Nice. So nice. That's a good power. It was yeah. a good power. <laughs> um, this was really crappy beer. Well, I don't know. They seem to be getting a lot of beer here. pretty easily. Um, back to tweaked beer. audio, though. These headphones. 
1995 to 3495. But as I mentioned, if you use the checkout code MAJOR, you save 30% off the price. TweakedAudio.com, we thank them for their support. Thank you for your support. July 3rd, 2000, whatever, seven years ago. Dun, dun, six, dun, dun, five, dun, 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 dun. six, six, six. Sat down and watched the yes. What's that? Nothing. What'd you, what'd you say? Oh. Well, I was like, was that was that La Marseillaise? Yes. yes. <laughs> that's that's the song I was playing. Except we never capitulate. We never. All hey. right. All Step right. Down. All hey. right. We persist and we move. It was forward. a Casablanca reference. Stay with it's, me. It's uh, it's probably why we don't have any French listeners anyway. At least we I don't do know. have French How, listeners. Do we? we totally yeah, well, do. and we have French Canadian. I don't. I don't, I don't count uh, French yes. Canadian. Ah, oh, I see. As French. Well. I know that we have francophone listeners. How about that? Yes. French people go. listening. Je m'appelle Monsieur Beaufletet. Yes. Also, French toast. <laughs> That's my country. Well played. Yeah, good, good job, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. That's why Yay. we have you here. <laughs> why do we have Zach here? I don't know. I wonder That's that most of us. <laughs> How long Every... have you been with us now, Zach? Uh, since August last year. Almost a year on the podcast. But when writing. Oh, so writing? December, oh, January 2012. <laughs> oh, so uh, almost two years. Yeah. A year and a half. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Well, we're glad to have you here. <laughs> Some days I th- believe that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I cannot wait till we get to Zach on film this week. Oh. Zach on me. What is your What is your favorite thing about Major Spoiler, Zach? My favorite Zach. thing. What, do you have a, a favorite thing that uh, you've seen or that we've done or that you've heard on the podcast you have a fond memory oh man do i have a fond memory uh i enjoyed actually listening to the podcast before i was on it when i would like drive to work and, and drive to shoot and now i don't listen to it because i know i'd have to listen to myself <laughs> and i don't i cringe when i hear myself and i'm it sucks because i have like a That's some voiceover works on radios we, right we now. need your download so you're fired <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it uh but yeah, uh, always good funny times. I actually enjoy Critical Hit, probably because I'm not on it. Mm-hmm. But it's always, and I go through spurts of when listening to it. I'll listen to like eight episodes in like two days, and then I won't listen for a while. But then I'll listen to like eight episodes. That's that's actually kind of how I listen to Critical really? Hit. <laughs> yeah, I have to listen to it weekly, mm-hmm. but usually I listen at three times the speed. Right. So listen Whoa. for the pauses. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Rodrigo? You've been with us for five years. Yeah, something like that. Ah, uh, what do what, six years? Yeah, five years. Good, good stuff with major spoilers. I don't know. I mean, I was actually thinking about that a couple of days ago about like the amount of time that I've spent doing podcasts mm-hmm. for major spoilers and how like I'm like, oh, I gotta go do a podcast and just kind of drive over to Steve Steven's house and record a podcast or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just just thinking about that, I'm like. I've never, it's like, it's Stevens wasted my life pretty much. I mean, it's, (laughs) I've spent a lot of time recording podcasts for major spoilers, like a lot of time, especially when you factor in how many years I've been doing it. And it's never seemed like anything that, that wasn't fun for me. I mean, it's like I go to, I I go to actual work every day and I like roll out of bed and I'm like, drive over to work, do work. And then later on, I'm like, oh, I need to read something for Major Spoilers. Mm-hmm. So uh, Major Spoilers has never been work, even though it is actually a lot of work. A lot of work. Especially with Critical Hit. I mean, I spent oh, yeah, a yeah. lot of time working yep. on Critical Hit. Um, 
but I'm never like I I, I rarely ever uh, begrudge any amount of major spoiler stuff. Why Why do you think it's fun? Eh, it's, what makes it fun? I think it's a handful of things. For me, it's uh, not not just interacting with with people that share my interests, but also uh, generally speaking. Uh, especially the pod our podcast crews are clever and pretty smart and are bound to get pop culture references which i never experienced mm-hmm. in my day-to-day life oh yeah um and so that's so that's fun um other than that i think it's you know it's closer to things that i'm actually interested in you know i mean i i do enjoy the work that i do like in my actual work. Sure. Uh, but because of the area that I live in and because of budget constraints and things like that, I don't usually produce shows or spots or anything like that about things that interest me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, I learn a lot about things that originally didn't interest me, but it's not the same. It's not the same as actually working in a medium that you enjoy with people that you like and with... um and, and and on on topics that are actually interesting to you, you know. I mean, I, I've gone on and on and on about what's going to happen when uh, Daredevil reverts to Marvel. Yeah. You know, every like every time it comes up, I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen there. This is something that actually interests me. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas you know, pork belly futures are a little bit <laughs> a little bit less interesting, but but still fascinating in their own way. Matthew, you've been here for a long, long time. <laughs> October 4th of 2006. Well, see, there you go. Well, that's not true. Because I, it took me about two <laughs> and a half read, weeks got to write that in. first yeah. So technically, I probably started doing stuff for major spoilers considerably before that. But I didn't know how to write a review in 2006. So it took me forever to ramp my way up to writing something. And it, was, it ended, up, ended up being like 4,000 words, which was just ridiculous. You have a favorite memory? Yeah, I do. Uh, Would you like to share? <laughs> oh, you mean of major spoilers? Yes. Oh well, I was I was going to talk about the awesome. Never mind. <laughs> I the thing about major spoilers for me is that it has become ingrained as part of my life, and I'm like, oh, that major spoilers. I I, I do that, and it's it's never resentful. It's always, yeah, that's something I do. I'm proud of that. That That's a thing that I do there. And people will be like, oh, you have a website. I'm like, well, I don't have a website. I, I work at a website. And it's awesome. It's the awesomest website ever. Tell your friends to go and click on all the ads. But I think all, overall, probably my very favorite, my very favorite moment as of this very second, if you were to ask me, we started something back in the day called the hero history Mm -hmm. and in the hero histories i started you know doing the little hero histories of the legion of superheroes and going through and going legion of superheroes and it started out just as uh hey stop giving karate kids so much crap and then it turned into block is also awesome and by the time i was going i'm like you know there are 85 legionnaires i don't know if i can get all these done but i'm gonna try and it became my thing to try and finish it so when I got to that very last hero history, it, w- it was a moment where I went, this is an awesome thing. 
not because the hero histories were getting done, but because for 84 hero histories, I had never referred to Superboy as Superboy, instead calling him Tom Welling. Right, right. Tom Welling. And people were like, Tom Welling, stop saying Tom Welling. Tom Welling is, when you say Tom Welling, it it demeans what you're doing and it's stupid. I'm like, "Eh, I'm going to say Tom Welling. And then I got to the hero history of Superboy. And I did that hero history of Superboy, and I never once said Tom Welling. And that, to me, was was like the buildup of a joke grenade that only I got or even cared about. But it was wonderful to have spent like two and a half years doing 84 of these things and never saying Superboy, going out of my way to never say Superboy, and then getting to that Superboy hero history, having it be the last one, and being like, yeah, Superboy! Sad thing is, you know, the hero histories are going to be around much, much longer than Smallville. At least we hope. Very true. And pretty soon people Very are going to be reading some of those old hero histories and going, what's this Tom Welling thing that people keep talking about? Well, and that happens no matter what. If you're, if you're worried about topical references talking to me, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there are other issues at play there, son. What, um, I guess for me it's, it's interacting with everybody, either yeah. people who are on the shows or working on the side or just really more the fans because I like seeing their thought processes on a lot Mm -hmm. of things, Mm -hmm. whether that's a reaction to a story or a reaction to a comment or a reaction to a particular writer um, or a reaction to one of our shows. It's always fun to just see how that works and then to kind of tweak and prod and push Mm -hmm. things to see if I can get people to think uh, the other opposite way, Mm -hmm. which sometimes works. Sometimes it doesn't. To be mean. (laughs) No, not necessarily to be mean. Um, yeah, that's, that's but just, half. you know, it's it's part of the psychology. I, Rodrigo and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about how um, how I can take critical hit, for example. And depending on how I edit it, I can really make a lot of people really, really angry. Or mm-hmm. I can make people really change and say, oh, this was really, really great. Just depending on where, you know, what you're cutting out and what you leave in. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. fascinating to see that process, you know, evolve. And how you can take a character and just flip them around in people's minds just by adding in or leaving in one minute of something that really isn't shouldn't belong in a story or shouldn't belong in an episode, and it just oh. it changes people's perceptions. Um, so I, I like I like uh, interacting with listeners and readers and those kinds of things. That's right, spoiler rights. You are all Steven's <laughs> guinea pigs. You are. No, you I mean are you can see you can see that from trends. I mean that's really good for trend setting. Yeah. So it's like. You know, I, I know Matthew hates it when I say that you can boil all this down to a formula, but you really can kind of boil it down to a formula of when things will post for maximum exposure, when things need to happen to do this, what are things that draw in the most readers, what are the mm-hmm. things that are going to get the biggest reaction from people. So there is a formula that you can you can come up with to get a reaction from people. Mm-hmm. And it's that way in radio, it's that way in podcasts, it's that way in websites, movies, television, everything. It's all sculpted in a way to get people to do or think a, a certain way. And I'm not saying that I'm doing this as a more like a, but I really before do Before the show in the last seven years, Stephen has said two things to me in nearly every conversation we've had one, the problems on your end Two, I don't know what to tell you. Exactly. And I'm right all the time. Yeah. Cause then Matthew pushes a button and says, Oh, there it's fixed. I actually pulled a cable. Oh, well, see, today mm. it was pull a cable, so. No, I think I think the uh, the audience participation. This year, I would really like to see, man, people are like, oh, when are you going to hit all your funding? When are you going to get investors and all this? Somebody asked the other day about investors, and we really just need to double our audience 
Mm-hmm. If we doubled our current audience, we would have investors knocking at the door saying, how can we tap yes. into what you guys yes. are doing? How can we money? How can we yeah, give yeah, you yeah. money to make us more money than well, we Well, and the simple thing is <laughs> double our audience. Double our audience. So listeners go out and um, tell people about the site, share the site, share the links, tell people about the shows, get more people involved, use the forums, use the comment sections. I mean, we want to try to get you to interact as much as possible. And, uh, well, and you know, when we talk about that, it's like, I try to put up stories that I think are going to be interesting to people, mm-hmm. even if it's something that, oh, well, I don't really care about XYZ company. Somebody yeah, right, does. Right. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. there are times where I'll see a story that crosses and I'm like, that's not going to really be interesting to anybody. So I'm not going to flood the site with a thousand articles like some sites do where they just push everything out that they get in the door. Right. So there's yeah. some selective stuff that goes on in that, in that sense. But, um. Uh, if we can double our audience in the next year, people will come knocking and say, hey, how can we monies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always enjoy that about writing news articles to figure out what everyone actually likes yeah, yeah. and see what they like more. I figured out in the last couple of months that I feel like a lot of people uh, who visit our site like Transformers more than I thought they probably would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, But they really like Transformers. And that's that's you know, cool. And you know what? They also like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting because, you know, you look at a, a, at a comic book. Broadly. <laughs> you look at a comic mm. book website and it's like, well, what are people going to like on here? Superheroes, right, right, right. Right? right? But it's not just that because lots of people are into Doctor Who. Lots mm-hmm. of people are into gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, anytime. Uh, well, and, and it's a little different anytime we put something up for Magic the Gathering because there's a whole different crew floating yeah. out there on the internet that's, that's a whole, looking. Whole new world. Yeah, right that's there. looking yeah. for uh, spoilers for the next set or whatever. So when we do actually put one of those up, I think our numbers spike just because of uh, um, cross platform synergy on what stories search engine magic. optimization yes. Magic, magic the Gathering. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Magic yeah. Gathering stuff really hits. Especially when we have some exclusive stuff. So, right. yeah, more Magic the Gathering, he hinted broadly. Hey, man, I'm working on it. And by working on it, I mean my actual job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people said, uh, Kirby says, uh, somewhere in the early podcast where you all couldn't get into the poll of the week without laughing like a bunch of goons. That was one of his favorite I, moments. That is a fun moment. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love those. Um, Stephanie says, moving to a new city and feeling less alone because I had people like you all to keep me entertained. Oh, that's Aww. nice. Aw, she's awesome. That's cute. I don't know. I don't think I've, maybe I've interacted with her. I don't know. If it's the Stephanie, I think it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who it is. Now I see her picture. If it's another, if it's another Stephanie. No, no, no. I don't know. No, no, no. It's is her. Um, it is her. yep. Um, <laughs> what else? Some questions. Let's get to some questions. I don't want to spend the whole time just, uh, talking about major spoilers. Seven years. I think that's a pretty good big deal. And uh, here's to seven more years, Rodrigo. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll finally get up to level 14. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Major Spoilers. I was wondering if Matthew has seen Aki Bar Rangers and Zudin Sentai Taguga Rangers, the Samba Rangers. Zudin Sentai Kyoryuga. If so, what are your thoughts? I've enjoyed the heck out of each of them. If he hasn't seen them, then I ask, what are you waiting for? Well, there's two things. Uh, question one. Have I seen them? Yes. Uh, question two, what do I think about them? I am more interested in Kyoryuger than I am in Akiba Ranger, simply because Akiba Ranger is designed to be separate of the Super Sentai continuity while referencing it, if that makes sense. 
It's like, you remember how Barry Allen on Earth 1 was reading the comic stories of Earth 2, Jay Garrick in the early Silver Age? Weird. Yeah, it's like that. And I, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just, you know, I haven't had the point where I really want to sit down and see it. Uh, as far as Kyo Ryuger, I love the fact that in Kyo Ryuger, their Cyan Ranger looks like me. He's a big, fat, white guy with a beard. <laughs> and I think what they're doing is they're tapping into that market and going, you know who loves Power Rangers? Big, fat, white guys with beards. To which I say, you're welcome. Uh, the what are you waiting for is a complicated issue. And here's, here's the, straight, the straight story on that. My access to the Japanese shows is through very slow means. Because I don't go out and go, where's the... Because I can't necessarily bring myself to go out and just go find something. Because I don't necessarily know about the legality and the blah, 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 and the translations and the English and there's a problem. So I have to wait until I get it from my girl who sends me Super Sentai. So uh, as far as Akiba Ranger, I think season one is available. They're up to like issue or episode 20 of Kyo Ryuger. And because they're yearly shows, they're like 50 episodes long. Yeah. So I don't necessarily want to see if I can get the first 20 episodes and then have to wait six months. So I will probably, since I had no interest in the Go Busters, I will probably end up getting Kyo Ryuger all at once at some point when it becomes available on DVD with English subtitles, and I'll have it sent to me. Cool. From the great beyond, and then I'll go, that fat guy's awesome. You know, as a ranger, though, he's not fat. Dear Stephen and Major Spoilers, folks, More I just signed up for a $10 recurring donation. I wanted to write and tell you why. I discovered Major Spoilers by means of Critical Hit because I was just getting into D&D and wanted to find a good podcast that would further my enjoyment of the game. I'm only on episode 51 of Critical Hit, and I'm working my way through it, listening to several episodes a week. I can't wait to get caught up. Just like you, Stephen and Matthew, I'm 40-something who grew up with comic books and Saturday morning cartoons, so when I started to listen to your podcast, it really felt great. Hearing about what comics are available and the different views of the major spoiler staff makes comics so much more re rewarding. Um, and oh, such, so much more a rewarding of an ensemble. Years ago, I stopped reading comics because of the sheer volume of titles and not knowing what to read. Now I don't worry about whether I'm wasting money on titles that I won't enjoy because major spoilers, I'm buying and reading comics again. Keep up the good work. Every day I'm watching The Funding Goat. I want to see you <laughs> succeed. Good luck. James Bergout from Ogden Ut. Ut. I actually read that funding goat as a different word. <laughs> yeah, funding goat. And my brain is like, I'm watching the, the what goat? <laughs> Had about another 50 people over the last two weeks uh, sign up for nice. that. So we're, we're at 21% right now, fully at 21%. <laughs> nice. Slowly but surely, and as I mentioned Beautiful. earlier in the show, I am working on getting some content backfilled in there so that you guys can have some stuff when it finally launches. And I'm finally got the thing worked out with PayPal to where we can start accepting just regular credit cards. Um, instead of PayPal accounts, because a lot of people right. are like, oh, man, I hate PayPal. I don't trust PayPal. Okay, so now you're going to have that fixed for you. So Beautiful. Uh, my name is Tristan. I have my own podcast called One-Sided Die Radio. We just talk about <laughs> role-playing games and also do actual plays. We're a group of around 25 episodes now and are on iTunes. Long question short, what are ways that I can get my podcast well-known and noticed? If you're willing to share, how did you guys get so well-known and popular? Any advice would be great. Thanks. Well, first of all, I don't think we're that well known, and I don't think we're that popular. <laughs> so I, I I'll really tell you, don't. I'll tell this you, humility be and being humble. Yes, I, I, I tell you, I'll tell you what uh, what you can do that we certainly don't do is um, when uh, 
big companies come around, just tell them exactly what they want to hear, yeah, yeah. and you'll probably mm-hmm. get a lot more popular than we are. Oh, yeah, because Cause we've definitely had a few things where they're like, hey, do you want to review this? And we're like, sure, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, we're not sending you anything anymore. Oh, we, there's a lot of people that contact saying, hey, we want to advertise, advertise, advertise. And it's like, okay, well, let me look into this. And then it's like, yeah, you just want to put links inside of our articles, you know, and I hate that kind of stuff. So I really turn away a lot of advertisers because they want to do what I consider annoying advertising. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know some people don't like the fact that we'll drop an ad in the middle of a show or we've got ads around the side of the content on the site, but it could be a lot worse if I were like some sites that just like, Hey, right in the middle of the article, let's put a big, ugly fat ad or let's Put all these hyperlinks yeah, all that you think are links, yes. and they're really ads. Yep. And so I turn yeah, away a lot of people malware. like that. Um, but how do you get to, how how do you get to be popular? Um, be unique. Um, be honest. Mm-hmm. Do something that you enjoy. Yeah, yeah do something yeah. you enjoy. I think. And I, keep at it. Be professional yes. yeah. as much as you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been doing this for uh, Major Sports has been around for seven years. Seven years. So. It's it's not like this happens overnight, you know. Steven didn't just flip the switch on major spoilers. Oh, man. And all of I was us. excited. The yeah. I was excited at the end of the first month, and I was like, "We had a hundred people visit the site this month." <laughs> exactly, ah! exactly. And that's and that's we're how on it our goes. way to Easy Street. Yep, <laughs> 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 it's gonna be smooth sailing from here. Oh, and every day, every oh, yeah. day, every day. Fifteen years from now, this thing's gonna be a going concern. Did you know when you started major spoilers? I didn't even have a full driver's license yet. <laughs> he knew that major spoilers was going to be a huge success when he brought me on board not because of bringing me on board but because he brought me on board. that's that's uh what <laughs> yeah remember what i said a moment ago about humble yeah. and humility no that's not i'm not saying I that think... i'm the reason for the success i'm saying that when you said hey somebody else come be a part of this that's the oh. point where you knew it was going to be a going concern well, and the fact that it right, happened to be right. me and I'm freaking awesome. It, it takes a village, Probably. right? Right. So. That's true. I, and I, it I think takes that's a village idiot. I, I think that's part of the thing, too, is is building up that community. And a lot of that is interaction and being honest with people and don't, you know, I think we all piss off people Um probably me more so than anyone else but you know being honest with your listeners and communicating with them as much as you can i think works really well surround yourself with people who share your vision of things yeah, your and passion. who are yeah. yeah and who are positive um, yeah it's it's very easy to fall in with a crowd of people who are like no we can't do that yeah, yeah you know you have to surround yourself with people who are either like yes we totally can do that or Let's like, try it and see what happens. Yes, or mm-hmm. let's try it and see what happens. Or this sounds like a terrible idea, but whatever, let's go. Hey, you know, critical hit. Yeah. It's just like, hey, let's try this and see what happens. And yep. now, you know. Yeah, I did So I don't, you know, when you say popular. Um, we've got listeners. I mean, we've got listeners, right? But I, I see other podcasts oh, sure. that I know what their numbers are, and we're not even close to them. And uh-huh, so I'm always uh-huh. just like, man, I wish I could get you know, XYZ podcast. I wish I had Adam Carolla list. I wish I had oh, yeah. half of I Adam think, Carolla I think, listeners. I think everybody wants I wish I had Adam some Carolla of Marin listeners. That, that's something else that you want to take into account when you're Tristan is there's always going to be somebody that you're wanting to be more like or somebody doing better than you. And the thing is, you can't let that person, you know, you can't let the fact that we don't have Mark Marin numbers stop us from putting oh, everything into Critical Hit, putting everything into right, Friday. Right. 
you know, Zach on film, the shows that we do appeal to the people that they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as more people become aware of them, you know, the numbers do go up. So it's a question right. of consistency. Well, and honesty about the consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are times where, you know, we have had a show slip. Uh, or, you know, uh, the ghost of Newt Rockney ate a show. Oh, man. And Stephen comes out and says, hey, ghost of Newt Rockney ate a show. We apologize. You know, we're not going to make a, a, a lot of excuses. Next week, we'll make up for it and keep going. Yeah. Um, now, those are, I think, soft. Soft tactics, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Hard tactics are search engine optimization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buying ads on other yep. other places. Totally. Yep. Um, and... Uh, you if, know, if you if joining a network yep, of some joining kind, a network, yeah, cross, cross which, which again, which yeah. in and of itself, you know, it's like join a network, but it's not that easy. You no, kind of have to be invited into some, a network. somebody asked the other day. They were um, and I don't mean to put this person down, but they're like, hey, I'm getting ready to start a podcast. And I heard that you guys are adding podcasts onto your network. Can I be on your network? And I basically had to say, let me know in 10 when you have 10 issues under your belt, mm-hmm. 10 episodes in your belt. And then let me know. Let me hear the quality. And then I'll decide at that point so it's not easy to just say hey major spoilers we want to be part of your podcast network you're right it does have to be some of that right. invite and making sure that it fits in with the right. grand scheme because the things. whole point the whole point of networks is to get people uh to to, to kind of cross uh yeah, cross pollinate cross pollinate right. the the podcast so they all have to be of a, a at least a certain quality mm-hmm. they can't be too similar so there's there's all this right. stuff i mean you know if you if you join a network that does all kinds of different stuff, like for example, Frog Pants, mm-hmm. um, which Critical Hit and Munchkinland are right. a part of, um, th- that has lots of different podcasts. But would Frog Pants be able to hold two Munchkin podcasts? Probably Possibly not. not. So uh, that's another thing: is you have to kind of look around and see either what's missing, and then pitch it to them right. that way, or um, you know maybe. Or or maybe the other way around. If you have a comic book podcast, find an all comic book podcast network. You as can't well. do that. And there are some because because sometimes there. sometimes people just cannot get enough That's, of people talking about Batman. I, I wish they I will had. listen to every podcast when somebody's talking about oh, Batman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tristan, I wish we had, and I wish I had more solid answers for you. I guess my big thing is I need to promote us more. Yeah, and I can't. I just don't have time. I mean, right. I'm already up till one, two o'clock in the morning most nights of the week getting things done and updating and then dealing with real world job stuff. So I just don't have that time like I want to get out there and promote. I know at some point when we hit a funding goat or a goal or whatever that we'll have that time and I can make assignments to Zach to say, okay, Zach, I want you to hit these 10 websites today and I want you to promote this or I want, you know, somebody to go out and do these kinds of things. And I think we can have some better um, traction there. But for right now, it's it's just us doing our thing. I volunteer to be on the street team. Okay, go start tagging now. Oh, can I be a sign spinner? Yes. <laughs> Zach We're standing, need <laughs> standing on the corner pointing to a laptop, spinning his sign, <laughs> major like spoilers. Spinning them on my fingers. Uh, no, Zach, that would be a bad idea. Although we could send you to like uh, Denver Comic Con and have you do yeah. that. Yeah. Hi, gang. I used to have a one-sided die, but it fell wrong and I never saw it again. Hi, gang. After hearing how fantastic this movie was, I finally rented Night of the Hunter starring Robert Mitchum. I was not terribly impressed. Mitchum has sufficiently creepy and had some of the best scenes in the movie, but those highlights were far and few between. The acting was heavy-handed for the majority of the film, including Mitchum. There's a scene where Mitchum is chasing two children up some cellar stairs with his arm outstretched like Frankenstein's monster. I couldn't help but laugh. The lighting was interesting, and there were a few decent shots, but I had a hard time seeing why this film was so influential. 
I've seen many other films around the time period, so I know it's not just a reaction to how the films were made back in the 1950s. I'm curious what you think of this film. Oh, I like it. I don't know if I've... I'm pretty sure I've seen Night of the Hunter. It's probably been a long time ago. It's the one with the love and hate knuckle tattoos. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I don't remember. You've probably seen the Krusty the Clown version. I've been probably too young. Or maybe I've gotten too old. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing. There's a, oh, we're going to run this video later this week um, called What If You Had Superpowers? Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was, what if one of your superpowers was immortality? And the person that they bring on to talk about is basically like, look, if you could live forever, you would forget most of everything right. that you experienced. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm probably to the point now where I'm so <laughs> old that I've forgotten most of the stuff that I've experienced. So I haven't seen, I haven't seen Night of the Hunter. Or if I have, I don't remember it. Was it on a late, late movie on Channel 41 once, Matthew? Oh, no. Night of the Hunter was was way too highbrow. Oh, okay. Um, now, there was a remake, I think, with De Niro in the Mitchum role that you might have seen. I really like Night of the Hunter, but it, it, it's kind of, it has some of those same issues that we talked about in Manchurian Candidate, where even for the time, the, the pacing is weird. And the, you know, the, the edits aren't what I would consider to be a modern editing style. Thinking of that, that moment where he's saying he looks like Frankenstein, I took that as in-universe uh, Mitchum's character trying to be over-the-top goofy mm. because he's, he's scaring little kids. And basically he, because of the events of this film, has come to scare Atticus Finch crazy or something. And so I think he it, that felt to me like in-character kind of hamming it up and being a big jerk not Mitchum so much as Mitchum's character thanks for putting on a great show I'm loving every bit of it as well as I'm loving Zach on film you provide excellent film history criticism and technical insight another great podcast from the guys at Major Spoilers I already donate but if someone is listening to this podcast and hasn't they absolutely should that's from Derek yeah Zach on film another show that kind of spun out of this about mm, what six months ago Something like that. Yeah, something like that. From our film discussions and the fact that Zach has not watched a lot of films, so nope. we've got that show. Another show coming up this week. Not going to spoil it, but Zach's going to get a talking to. Yeah, mm. I feel like I'm in trouble. Hey guys, especially Rodrigo, you rock. Hey. Well, I wanted to say thanks for inspiring me along with the uh, others to get back into comics in a more serious way. First, I wanted to apologize to whoever I interrupted on the Skype line this evening. Oh, <laughs> uh, one, in one of our critical hit <laughs> episodes. The guy. Right in the middle of this, uh, because my Mike. on nights when we're recording, I shouldn't say this. I, I think I actually turned it off on nights where we're recording. I have auto answer turned on because if Matthew or Adriana get dropped, right, they can call right back in Pop without it back. ringing. And so somebody popped in and was just like, uh, hello. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And hung up on that person. They heard all the spoilers. Uh, anyway, I went to my first convention at the MCBA show in St. Paul and loved the heck out of it. Managed to get a deal on stuff, and I was looking for almost every, uh, for now almost every respect, the complete 1602 run, a uh, trade paperback of The Runaways, Long Halloween, the first two trade paperbacks of Chew. Thanks for the recommendation. Also got to meet some great independent artists and the hosts of uh, Atop the Fourth Wall. So a great experience for me in the uh, wishing for more. That's Mike from the Twin Cities. Which two? I don't know which one. Keystone and Central. Those are my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like here's one that I responded back to the guy and I know Matthew needs to jump in on this. Uh, hi guys. My sister and I were recently cleaning through my father's house. He's almost 70 and is living in the same house he grew up in. And it's been quite the exploration among the things we found was a stash of comics from the fifties. 
mostly old West Gunslinger comics, but some other things mixed in as well. After showing them to him, his request that we attempt to liquidate them. Since it's so different from the comics I'm used to, I don't even know where to start. Can you guys share any ideas to begin with? And I responded back to Jason because this was a couple of weeks ago. I said, first of all, if you're just looking for a general price, don't don't think that this is what you're going to sell them for, but it'll give you a good idea. The ballpark range is to pick up the um, the Overstreet. comic buyer's guide, the Overstreet uh, guide. The and Overstreet that'll, guide. that'll give you a good idea. Then I said go to a reputable comic book shop because they will give you some feedback on the issues that you have. And then Mm -hmm. if you think that you have something that is of worth or value, send them off to be graded and slabbed. And from there you can have an easier time selling them. Uh, I would say that slabbed is way down the list because, well, that's why it was the third item on the list. Right. But I'm saying it's considerably further than third. The really what you have to look at, especially with old West comics is the cowboy market is a very specific market. It is, it's a subgenre of the, of the comic book buyers. So cowboy books, especially from before 1950, have value, but you got to get them to the right guys. You got to get the right eyes on them. I would agree that you want to deal with somebody reputable, somebody professional. If you don't have somebody local, you might actually check. And there are several of the companies in the Overstreet Guide who say, send me your list or send me some issues and we can give you an idea of where to go from. Because the first thing you want to look at is, A, what do you got? B, what kind of shape is it in? And then there's a question of risk versus reward. When it comes to a collection, you can do it one of two ways. You can piece it out, which tends to get you more money in the long run per issue, but can also leave you with books on your hands if somebody goes in and say, you know, if they're cherry picking important issues and you're stuck with Tom Mix number 47, you're not necessarily going to be able to sell Tom Mix number 47 of itself. If you have Tom Mix number one through 50, that's going to hold a little more value. And I think that you have to ask yourself, do you want to make money off your granddad's comics or your dad's comics? Or do you just want to get rid of those? Do you want those books to be off to collector? Do you want them out of the house? Those questions, the answer to those questions is going to decide whether you try and move the whole group or the whole collection or even, you know, lots from within that collection as a batch, say, you know, Tom makes one through 50, or whether you want to piece it out and, you know, put individual pricing. Tom makes number one's 100 bucks. Tom makes number 47 is 350. If you sell them as lots, if you sell them as a whole, you will get less per book, but you will also get rid of all the books. So it's kind of a, you know, it depends on how much effort you want to put into it. But the first question is, what do you got? The yeah, second I, question is, so, what, you know, what shape is it in? So what would you recommend then, Matthew? Should he take, should he take the list, come up with the list, write it all down, and then take one or two of those comics into a store and have them look at it? Because I, I think find, what happens, I would say to me, it sounds, find, to me, it feels like this. I'm going to go into the store and I'm going to bring in a big old box of comics and drop them down and say, what can you tell me about these and how much they're worth? And if you don't go to the right place, they're going to look through it and go, eh, I'll give you 20 bucks for this, this whole lot. Cause they're not really worth anything. And then the guy turns around and goes, I've got a $5,000 comic right here mm-hmm. and sells it. Well, and he's the one making the money off it. So that's what, that's the thing that I'm worried about. Cause I've known some really good stores and I'll mention one, um, gatekeeper comics and hobbies. The other one, uh, Prairie dog comics in Wichita, They've dealt with some 
collections that have been discovered mm-hmm. and they are really upfront and honest with the people that they're dealing with. They're not there to rip the people off so that they can make a buck. That's the thing that I worry about. Well, the dealer is always going to need to make a profit. Well, no, I'm not saying – there's a big difference but, between having right, to pay 10 cents for this comic and have a 5,000% uh, profit on that. There are people who want to hose you. I would say, first of all, if you have the ability to get an in-person uh, you know, estimate or just even just a gloss over, do that. If you have a store, even if it's crap – now, I'm not saying go in and take his offer – I'm saying get an idea of what it is that, you know, this person is saying. And at that point, I would definitely recommend getting an overstreet guide there. I I I just get an overstreet guide first. And, and honestly, you know, this, this will probably only work if you have some real gems in there, but you won't necessarily know what they are. Go on eBay, put down the name. And if you see that one of them is selling for 500 bucks, then you know that you have something valuable at least. It depends on quality and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, it gives you a good, I mean, do some research. That's the the first thing, but I don't like these people. Be aware that eBay prices like seller prices. You're probably going to get 20 to 30% of what the overstreet guide says. On eBay, you can probably assume that a book is probably, most of them are selling for double what you're actually going to see. Yeah. The book being worth. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is don't go by the Overstreet Guide and say, this book says $1,000, so therefore mm-hmm. I'm only going to sell it for $1,000. Now, if you're right. selling it to it directly to a to Collector, a collector then yes, yeah. that would work. But if you're going to go to a comic book shop or you're going to sell it through an auction house or something like that, right? they're going to buy it or take it off your hands for considerably less so that they can make a profit off it or hopefully make a profit off it. So, And I will say this, that you're, you're saying, you know, 50s. Any book before about 1973 probably has some collector value, even if it's a minor title. Yeah. Even if it's something like, you know, Planet Sad Comics sack. or. Yeah. yeah. Those books have a market value to them. Whereas books after 1973, it's still kind of a crapshoot. But I would say if you're looking at stuff from the 50s, the question is going to be are we talking 1959? Which is, you know, early Silver Age comics where your base rate is going to be the six to ten dollar range for a, you know, a, your standard reading crapped up copy. Yeah, yeah. Or are we talking 1951, the tail end of the golden age, beginning of that, you know, that atomic sub age where that price could be, even for those 2.0 books, could be double, sometimes three times. You may be mm-hmm. looking at a book where that base value in a reader's copy is 12 to 20 bucks. So definitely, I would, you know, I, I don't necessarily have any time frame to where I could look, but if you wanted to send stuff and I could say, hey, maybe, you know, blah, 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 and point you in the right direction, I'd be happy to do that. So, But definitely, if you have access to a local store, I, I would take advantage of it. Just get get their idea. Yeah. And if, you know, if they're telling you this is useless and we'll take it off your hands, be wary because this is useless and we'll take it off your hands is probably an, an indicator of – Let's hope he doesn't know what he has. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for that, Matthew. And thank you for everyone who wrote it in. And really this week, just because it's seven years and we've got a lot of things going on, I just figured it'd be a good time to just sit back and do some random talk mm-hmm. type stuff. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that and got something out of it. If you didn't, let us know. Comment section's over there. Send us an email to podcastmajorspoilers.com. We'll read it in a future episode or email you back or whatever. Uh, next week, are we doing Wolverine next week, Matthew? Are we doing that uh, uh, silver, sam- yeah. whatever that samurai Let's do run the Wolverine. Is? The Wolverine Limited uh, 1 through 4, Frank Miller, 1982. Okay, that's what or we're doing next week on the Major Spoilers oh. Podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon.
If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Batman's revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, wait, I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to keep up on all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king-side throwing soldier. Copyright 2013.